Connecting Coaches Cognition. Coaching with Courtney and Christensen. As a busy coach, you spend all day refueling, revamping, and reflecting with educators. Now is the time to stop and recharge your batteries with some much-needed coaching for the coach. Welcome back to another episode of C3. I'm Courtney Groskin, and I'm here with Violet Christensen. Violet, what's new in your world? What's new in my world? I guess we're thawing out of the Rocky Mountain winter, which I know will come back to us before we get to summer, but I'm just savoring and enjoying the spring-like moments that we get here in Colorado. And uh, my daughters and I have worked really hard all winter kind of experimenting with an indoor garden and um, just being able to prep some seeds and some starters for our big backyard garden this summer. And they're just very invested. So every day we have to check the garden and see if there's new sprouts. And then they have to label, this is Lucy's pumpkin or this is Stella's pumpkin. So being able to um, check their growth each day and get excited about those small wins has been so huge. And I think this is also a time in education when we get to look back and as educators and coaches, administrators and students, like, really think about how far we've come this year and be able to see the progress that we've truly made. Um, I was walking past a kiddo testing today in a hallway and he goes, but I didn't know that last one last time. That's so cool. I know it this time. And just that brilliance of that moment of Eureka being able to blend a word we never could do before. So from like those small wins to the big wins, I just have been really savoring, um, reflecting and appreciating all of those celebrations in this springtime season from a warm day to the word that got blended that never did before. So um, I'm just looking forward to continuing to warm up and see more of that progression um, at our sites and our schools. What are you up to? How are things going in your world? Lots of gardening here too, but I have no little helpers uh, to remind me to water or measure or do any of that. I might need to borrow your girls. Um, I went a little overboard. <laughs> I planted 14 flats of flowers because I only do flower cutting gardens. So we'll see. And I have about 90% of them have sprouted. So hopefully we'll have a ton of flowers this summer. Um, just been doing a lot of coaching and buildings uh, about career and where people are looking towards for next year if they need to shift what they're doing or how they might want to set them up for success in the coming year if they're staying in their position. So lots of movement and change. I'd say I agreed with the spring sentiment that it's really a time of growth and, you know, also reflection, taking that time to step back and look how far everyone's come. I was in a kindergarten classroom today and I was like, I can't believe how tall they all are. Like, because I still see them as like the tiny kindergartners that came in the first week of school when I went to help in that classroom to get them situated. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, they're like really first graders now sitting at these desks um, and all the great things that they've learned and all the growth that they're making. It's fun to be able to experience that. Oh, that is so funny. I just always laugh. They're getting so big. I can't believe I'm going to have another kindergartner next year. And I laugh. That's why I never taught beyond third grade because they always get taller than me. And, you know, those kindergartners get taller every year, I feel like. Oh, I can't believe your little one's going to be a kindergartner. That blows my mind. It's crazy. And, you know, this summer we're going to have to have a good collaboration. I'll bring you small gardeners. We'll bring you vegetables since we're vegetable gardeners. And, and we'll take some flowers home with us. We can have a little synergy here, Courtney. How good are they at weeding? <laughs> 
they're really good for about five minutes. So you'll get 10 minutes worth of weeding between the two of them. I mean, I'll take what I can get. (laughs) Anytime, anytime. Sounds good. Today, we're lucky to have Jennifer Abrams with us. She's formerly a high school English teacher and a new teacher coach in Palo Alto Unified School District. Jennifer Abrams is currently a communications consultant and author who works with educators and and others on new teacher and employee support. Being generationally savvy, effective collaboration skills, having hard conversations, and creating identity in safe workplaces. Jennifer's publications include Having Hard Conversations, The Multi-Generational Workplace, Communicate, Collaborate, and Create Community, Hard Conversations, Unpack the Who's, When's, and What Ifs, and Swimming in the Deep End, Four Foundational Skills for Leading Successful School Initiatives. Her newest book is Stretching Your Learning Edges, Growing Up at Work. Jennifer shares her work in other mediums as a featured columnist on growth and change for Learning Forwards, the Learning Professional Journal, as well as contributing to the International Educator, focusing her writing on adult development and collaboration skills. Jennifer has been invited to keynote, facilitate, and coach at schools and conferences worldwide, and is honored to have been named one of the 18 women all K-12 educators should know by Education Week's Finding Common Ground blog. More about her work can be found on her website, jenniferabrams.com, and on Twitter at Jennifer Abrams. Jennifer, we are so excited to have you here today and to share you with our listeners on C3. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's a big treat. We are so excited to add you to the collection, and we would just love to start with your backstory. If you can tell us a little bit about your background in education and coaching and about your role currently, that would be amazing. Mm. So I was a high school English teacher for nine years and then had the opportunity within a school district here in Palo Alto, California, to become a new teacher coach. There was a big new um, initiative in the state of California around that time to uh, support uh, new teacher induction. And I was one of the first within my district um, to be a new teacher coach. So I did that and I became a coach and then it sort of blossomed into professional development um, consultant. You know, after 16 years of being uh, in a school district, I thought, you know, I really want to write books and I want to do other things. And I just moved after Obamacare um, came in and there were some possibilities. I moved from my school district, which I'd been in for like 26 years, uh, into full-time educational and communications consulting. And so what am I doing now? I am working globally with people on what I was always doing because I was an English teacher and then I was a new teacher coach, finding your voice around what matters. So Just anything that has to do with if you want to find your teacher voice, if you want to find your administrative voice, if you want to become a consultant, that that's a shape of like, how do you how do you communicate from that role? And so that's what I do now. You bring such a wealth of knowledge to the coaching position and you can hear the passion in your voice about how much you enjoy your uh, career path. You help others be their best self at work. Tell us more about your philosophy and how you help educators. Hmm. I, um, I, it's really funny, this idea of coaching, because I, I've studied coaching, right, and really looked at it. 
And in its purest sense, uh, whether you be thinking about cognitive coaching or transformational coaching or student-focused coaching, all of the people that designed all of those coaching um, frameworks um, are colleagues and friends. And I am not as adept, I think, as they are in really deeply using those tools. So how I help people when you sort of say you you help people find their voice, that's my that's my job. I think I'm a thought partner. I'm a cheerleader. Sometimes I'm a raw fairy godmother um, and sort of tell people straight how, how I see things. Um, but it's all in service to whatever goal I hope that the, 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 the people I'm working with have in education, which is to support students, right? So I, I sort of think to myself that my philosophy is, can you find your voice in a way that matters in a humane and growth producing way? And that's sort of my goal for myself, that I want to be authentic and I want to be helpful um, and I want to also be an in integrity. So how might I work with people to be who they are and try to also be very interdependent and uh, a value add to whatever collective they're in, a district office, a county office, uh, a leadership team? So I think for me, it's like finding my voice around what matters in a humane and growth producing way. That's sort of, I guess, my philosophy. I don't think that sounds like a philosophy, but that's sort of how I, I'm driven. No, that's powerful of looking in in order to be able to find your true voice and really attuning that human uniqueness of whatever circumstance or situation the person you're coaching might be in in front of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's because people struggle with how to leave a job. They struggle with how to speak up to a boss. They struggle with um, how to work uh, really well with a student that they're that they're really challenged by. And it's about the development of the other person so that they feel more, I don't know, more assured and still more like and grounded in how they want to, you know, kind of make those those changes. And it's um, it's also it's it's about the inner stuff, but then it's also how can I s- express what I want to say in an in an outer way, right? In speaking, um, that is aware of the other, and how can I do both? Like know me and know that I need to try to communicate with other, and it's not simple. Because some people don't know themselves and some people are so angry at the other person. (laughs) And I'm saying we have to try to communicate with them in as solid and humane a way as possible. And so that's sort of where I've been spending my, 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 my conversation time the last number of years. I mean, meeting people where they are and then empowering them to make change and growth is such a powerful tool to have. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's really truly the essence and beauty of coaching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Helping people be clear and efficacious in what they're saying is just, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And Jennifer, mm-hmm. we, we want to drill in. We know that you had touched on this earlier of supporting um, newer educators and that this is 
interesting time in education. And we know you do a lot to support new educators and retain current educators as well. Mm-hmm. Can you shine a light for us and share some of your insights on how you go about this and the types of conversations you like to have? Mm. So somebody was somebody was just asking me about this yesterday, this idea of the just the the tough time to be coming into this field, you know, where you haven't seen a kid, you know, you didn't see a kid the first year because you were all online. And now you're uh, attempting to, you know, come into a school. Most likely kids are in school now. Now here in California, you, you don't have to wear a mask in certain places. And so I'm thinking of all of the challenges that new teachers have within this context, right? Um, But then just in general. And so I'm working with some people um, this coming school year who say, we know that newer teachers want opportunities for shared leadership. We know that they want to really get in there and, and do some stuff. And we also want them to understand sort of how things happen here. So can you work with us on collaboration, what what I call school savvy etiquette, um, work with them on developing their voices. And it's like, it's, it's very, it's much more, um, it's much more ongoing than people want it to be in this way. They say, we have a half a day to induct the new teacher, right? You know what I mean? And and that's it, you know, and it's, it's August and we, we get a day or two, you know, to tell them about the curriculum. How can you kind of work with us? You know, boom, we got to induct. And I'm like, it's not that simple. And you have to be much more intentional over the course of the year to work with new teachers, to bring in, mm, what do I want to say? Just in time kind of things that are coming up for them. How might we do that? And so it has to be a much more intentional, thought through, substantive kind of experience. And so that's what I've been kind of thinking about and working on with people, um, sort of building out induction programs, right? The other thing is you're saying there's a teacher shortage, people are quitting. Um, I can't solve all of this, the things, you know, in, in terms of stuff, because it's like, it's, as I said, it's contextual. Um, people might want to move uh, to a place that's more affordable. People might want to be in places where what the school is doing aligns with their values. People might make decisions um, in terms of their finances. I mean, there are many ways that um, schools are kind of challenged by keeping people, um, and it's based on so many factors. So for me, when I'm working with HR or I'm working, uh, and I always laugh, HR needs to be both human and resource. Um, It's it's um it's just to sort of dig into certain things. So it's I wish I could tell you that I have like a set thing of you can bring on new teachers and here's what you need to do or this is the this is the thing that you can do to not lose teachers. I don't think it's one thing. I think it's about really taking a look at your context and the challenges that you're facing in Illinois in California, in New York, and saying, how might we look at that? And I'm happy to help people kind of uh, go to the balcony 
and sort of look at certain things with people. And it's, it's painful. People start to notice a lot of things like, and things they can't change. And, and then I have to sit with them in the disappointment. And then we have to say, but what can we do? And so that's, that's sort of what I'm, I'm thinking in terms of inducting new teachers. It's not a one shot deal. There's no simple fix. I think, you know, what you said is really valuable about stepping back and getting that full picture and then doing a lot of listening, which we know in coaching is important. And then also listening to those new teachers or perhaps the people that have left and digging into those reasons and then working from there. Yeah. It takes a lot of listening and it takes a lot of time. And there's nothing that very fast moving people who want to solve a problem uh, hate uh, more than what you just said, uh, Courtney, the idea of um, I don't have time to be thinking and listening and pondering and doing. And it's sort of like you don't not have that kind of time. Um, It is not a one shot thing. And that I think is very frustrating to people who say we have 180 school days, six additional days to do professional development. We need to talk about all these things. And those guys can develop and grow on their own. (laughs) You know, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I think we have the emphasis on the wrong syllable. I think that people say we have to focus on the kids, their development. That's what they need. And I'm like, yes, but the adults developing. And the amount of time that you need to put into really helping them grow, come on board, will pay in the end. And they're like, "Eh," you know, but it's it's a tough sell for some people. But it's the it's the way to go. They're looking for your raw fairy godmother magic wand, waving to make things purpose and it's or make it work. And it's so nice that you're there to have those purposeful conversations and help bring to light that it's multifaceted and it's ongoing support. And it's not just the first year or the second year, it's, it's ongoing educator support throughout their entire career and throughout the entire time they're with us. Yeah. I, my last book that I just wrote is called stretching your learning edges, growing up at work. And I'm not trying to be um, diminishing or patronizing. Oh, everybody needs to grow up. You know, these adults are not adult. That's not my intention. My intention is exactly what you just said, Violet, which is purposeful, ongoing support for the development of an adult in a school will actually be so helpful in their communication with other uh, with other adults, parents. Um, uh, faculty members, fellow team members, administration. Um, it, it really is something that needs to be focused on. And what I always say in my, my sessions, and I took this from somebody on Instagram, Mrs. Kalman. So I'm giving her um, great credit here. She put up something that said, somebody is learning how to be a person by watching you. And that is it. We are modeling for students. So we need to keep growing. We need to keep developing because people are learning how to be an adult by how we behave. So we're not done. We're, just because we're over the age of 18, we need to grow and develop because people are noticing us where they're watching us. And so to me, this adult development piece is my, is my part. I say we have credentials in how to teach. We don't have credentials on how to talk effectively to each other. We need to study that. It's too important. There's too much research around it. 
that says that this really matters. And so we need to take time to develop our skills, to talk to each other. And coaching is a skill. Facilitating a team meeting is a skill. But being a team member is a skill. And that's something that I think we go, well, we are, we, we're in meetings. We know how to be an adult. We're 18, no problem. And I'm like, yeah, but have you been in a meeting where somebody is not the adult you hoped they'd be? So to me, that's the, that's the work I think that needs to come onto the plate of everybody in education is our own development. And I had a mentor once share the same sentiment. She said, when you want to stop learning or you feel like you're good and you don't need to learn anymore, it's time to reevaluate where you are in your career. She said, if you're in education, you need to be a forever learner and have that desire to keep improving and growing. I completely agree. I think that when I got tired of certain roles that I had, um, I then would say, well, can I take this on or can I do that? Because then I, I wanted to kind of bring that more that motivation in. And then ultimately, I just said, I think my learning um, needs to happen outside um, a school district. And um, I need to have a, a different um, focus. And that's an interesting piece for teachers. It's it's sort of like to make those changes. You're leaving the kids. You're you're you you feel guilty because you know you really have such good friends. And but your growth is also you're not leaving. You're just moving your skill set to another another situation. And I think that administrators know that, but teachers sometimes feel very torn about leaving a grade level or leaving a school or leaving, um, leaving the field. And um, there's, there's, you're, you're taking all the skills and you're still going to be that great teacher just in a different context. So that's what I had to do. And it was, it was not simple. It, it took a lot of, t- a lot of tears, but I, I said, this is exactly what I need to be doing now. This may not be a fair question. Um, you've written so many great books as we named in your intro, and it's hard to cover them all here. Could you give us a top five things to remember for coaches and educators? Mm. Um, I think that idea of your development needs to continue. And that's my first one. It's my first thing. So grow, grow yourself, grow your content and your subject area and your grade level stuff, but grow as a human being that actually will um, help the kids. That's my one thing. Another thing. I think as a white woman living in California, one thing is I have to know my identity and where I see the world differently uh, than other people. And that could be in diversity, equity, inclusion, justice, belonging work. It could be doing work as a U.S. citizen with people outside. I need to know where my biases and my limitations um, and how I see the world might be different from other people. So that's another thing that I would say as a coach we have only two eyes, you know, only two eyes, and we're one of seven billion people on this planet. Um, it's, it's, we're not the only, we're not, our way to see is not the only way to see. So that I think leads me to the third thing, which is I've got to suspend my certainty that I have the right way. And that's one of my stretch edges. Um, it's a really interesting thing for teachers because we're teachers of record. We're the adult in the classroom. We're the person that 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 assigns a, a grade or an evaluation. We're the one that's sort of in you know 
the chief experience officer. And so we have to be sort of the person that's on. And there are so many times when we need to stop, suspend our certainty and inquire and not just advocate. And so that's, I guess, my third thing. Where can I inquire more? My five things. Um, That actually might be my fourth thing. Be quiet. (laughs) Um, Listen, listen, listen. Um, Watch and listen and don't jump in um, as much. And I guess what's my fifth thing that I would say to a coach or an educator? I think it's a very interesting field in that so far, most of us are not co-teaching. Most of us are still the one person that has a group of people that we're guiding. And we spend our days just sort of alone in some ways. We might have people to come in, instructional assistants, or we might have a, a teacher we work with. But this idea of in this field, and I say this to a coach as well, how can I build up my skill set to be even more of a value add to my team members? How can I be a, a, a more effective uh, person in collaboration? I think that's just something that we we need to do more. And what does that mean for me and my building my skill set? So, because we just don't think, we think we want to be there for kids, but I, I'm really thinking about how can I be more of a value add to the other adults? So those are sort of my go-to things right now. Those are, that's where, that's what's at top of mind. If I was a new coach, I might say, no, those are not the top five. For you as a new coach, you've got to study other things. But as you've gotten into being proficient as a coach and studied those types of planning conferences and reflecting conferences and problem-solving conferences, and all of that seems good, think about kind of stretching at your edges in those other five areas. Those are monumental suggestions for, I think, coaches of any stature, beginner, novice, advanced, definitely, and being able to stretch ourselves and inquire more and have that positive presupposition of the people around us and really honoring where they are and where they're coming from will always take you leaps and bounds in your coaching conversations. Absolutely. Jennifer, we um, are so grateful to steal so much of your time today. And so we are going to shift into our rapid fire questions, which are roughly 30 seconds or less. Feel free to elaborate if you'd like. Um, But let's start with knowing more about you. It's your time to shine and tell us where we can learn more from and with you, um, where we can follow you. And also, what do you have coming down the pike that we can learn a little more about? Mm. So you can always find me at my website, which is jenniferabrams.com. You can find me via email at jennifer at jenniferabrams.com. You can, um, you can see me on Twitter at Jennifer Abrams. That's my Twitter handle. I'm not posting on Insta enough. I'm feeling guilty about that. Um, but I'm at Jennifer Beth Abrams, uh, I think on, ins- on Instagram. Um, what am I working on? This is a really interesting question to ask. I'm doing a lot around this new book. The stretching your learning edges, um, and I'm I'm I've done a number of open cohorts, and the reason that I say open is that most of the time people bring me into schools or into districts, and so you you can't see me unless you bring me uh, to your particular place. But I have done some open cohorts around 
um, the book. And so it could be like four 90 minute sessions where it's like, you just want to come and develop and grow yourself. Where might I stretch in my edges? Um, and I will probably be doing another one in the fall. Um, the last one that I did, there was uh, there were some people there from Brazil, some people there from Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, some people from Washington State, some people from North Dakota, and everybody came together and supported one another in whatever their stretch edges were. So if that is something that you're interested in or having hard conversations, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot I'm a lot of places on Zoom and in person. So find me and I'll I'll come to you or we'll just do exactly what we're doing now is just be online and, and chat. You're truly an international wonder. Absolutely. <laughs> right here from my second bedroom. Yes, exactly. We love it. We've all learned to be more wonderful from our second bedroom in this last few years. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a wonderful thing. Tell us, Jennifer, what is your tagline or your bumper sticker for coaching or for education in general? Mm. Um. My whole thing is find your voice around what matters. That's my my tagline. Absolutely. Succinct and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And lastly, tell us what is your secret coaching superpower or your go-to move? Being quiet. <laughs> Let people talk. That is something that as an extrovert, I think is incredibly helpful. The pause, the pause, the pause. <laughs> as we like to say, there's power in the pause. You got it. Yes, it always comes back to that. And thank you so much for pausing with us today and letting us soak in all of your glory and be able to take those coaching nuggets with us forward and to all of our listeners. We really appreciate you and your energy today. Thank you for having me. Jennifer has left us with so many things to think about. How might you continue to grow and stretch your learning edges? Thanks for listening to C3 and be sure to follow us on Twitter at C3 Coaches. C3. Connecting Coaches Cognition. Whose thinking will you mediate today?